Okay, so Bezras Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series on entering into the Sea of Wisdom, based on the teachings, the weekly Torah of the Gon and the Tzaddik, of Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern Shlita. And tonight, today, Taka, what we're going to be talking about is an element that the Rebbe has brought up numerous times in various places. This is a repeated teaching already, but it's one that I felt was significant for me to think most about, so that's what we're going to review today. And it's going to be on the Indian of Simcha. And to start off with, just anecdotally, I remember over the past few months having the schus of speaking to one of the Talmidim of the Rebbe, a very close Talmud, and asking as a, an outsider trying to make their way in, you know, asking basically, you know, does this upset the tzaddik? Is this something that upsets the tzaddik? And, um, and, and the guy laughed and he, and he said, the only thing that upsets the tzaddik is sadness. That's the only thing in the world. That's the only thing that if you bring that to the tzaddik, the tzaddik is going to push you away. And not push you away, but try and break you free from it. Because it's very much a hamshacha from the derech of Rabbi Nachman. That just like Rabbi Nachman told this Talmidim Chavra, there's one singular tool that you can utilize in this world to fight against despondency and difficulty and all of the difficulties of what it means to be human, and that is simcha. And that was not something that was revealed prior to the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. The Rebbe also brings down this week, and this is a, a remarkable idea, that his Rebbe, Rav Yankala of Peshvorsk from Antwerp, and that sect of Hasidus that the Rebbe was so makusher to, considered one of the, the Rebbe's Rebbeim, Rav Yankala of Peshvorsk, and that Rav Yankala spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what the Nekudas HaChidosh, what the point of novelty was in the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. Was this just a continuation of the Arizal? Was it a continuation of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in the Zohar? Or was there something new and Mechudash here? And Kuliamalo Pligi, everybody agreed that there was something new and Mechudash, something novel that had not yet been revealed in the world. But it wasn't quite clear exactly what that Nekuda was. And what Rav Yankala Peshvarsker said is that the Nakuda, the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov was the Avaida of Simcha. And he brings down a Misa that the Lev Simcha of Ger went to meet with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, with the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe. And they spent time discussing what the essence or the essential point of novelty was within the system of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. And the Lev Simcha wanted to point out that the Chiddush was in the Pasuk of that as a result of not serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu with joy and the fullness of heart, so then the Teichacha and all the Klalos and the difficulties befall the Jewish people. What the Lev Simcha wanted to say was that prior to the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, there was an idea that the ikr was the mitzvah. You needed to accomplish the positive activity. That's what needed to be done. That's the vessel formation that draws down the light of spirituality into this world. One of the conditions for that vessel being prepared properly is that it has to be done b'simcha. So that simcha is an essential element of mitzvah performance, but it is a heichetimse. It is a way towards performing the mitzvah, but it is not the inherent value in and of itself. And says the Lev Simcha, that in truth, that in truth, what the Baal Shem Tov taught us is that the Simcha itself is the deepest form of Avoida. 
that it's not that the simcha is a prerequisite for the mitzvah, but rather the mitzvah is the opportunity for a person to cultivate a state of mind of simcha. And when a person engages in simcha simply for the sake of being a Jewish person who takes a breath in this world, in that moment, they're tapping into the path of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. And the Rebbe goes on to continue that in that conversation, what the Rebbe seems to have pointed out, what the seventh Labavitch Rebbe pointed out, is that there's a chiddush in terms of Ahavas Yisrael. That one of the chidushim of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh was the love that another person has to have for a Jewish person. And the mushal that the, the Labavitch Rebbe brings, which is already something that he takes down from the Rebbe Rashab and the Rebbe Maharash and the Tzamach Tzedek and the Mitla Rebbe and all of the Admori Chabad, is that prior to the Baal Shem Tov, we knew that each Jew was an ois in the Sefer Torah, right? Yisrael is the Rosh Tevos, is the acronym Yeshishim Riboy Oisir is the Torah. But we also know that a letter can be blemished and a letter could be sullied and a letter could be erased and a letter could be destroyed to the extent that perhaps, lo aleinu, God forbid, a Jewish person can lose their status of deserving that unconditional and unbroken chain of love that emerges from above. And the distinction that the Lubavitch Rebbe makes is that before the Baal Shem Tov, each Jew was like a written letter. After the Baal Shem Tov, each Jew is like an engraved letter. The engraving of the letters like we see by the Asar Sadibros. And the distinction here is that, yes, an engraved letter can be covered over in dirt and dust and muck, and clouds can cover over it to the point that it's indiscernible, but it doesn't mean that it's ever been erased. It just means that you have to dig it back out again. You have to blow the dust off to reveal that the letter is still there. And the Lev Simcha said about the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said that, you know, it's wonderful to hear an idea like this from someone who accomplished an idea like this because nobody like the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe, taught each and every Jew that no matter what lichloch or dust has covered over them, they still have the capacity of connecting Takadush Baruch Hu to the Torah and to the mitzvahs. But a very simple teaching and what the Rebbe teaches us and what we're going to look at is that Simcha is in truth the prerequisite and both the compass according to which we can measure our spiritual growth. We can get very caught up in terms of what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, am I progressing, am I not progressing? But ultimately the compass with which a person needs to look at is they need to uncover the point of Simcha so this is on page Lamed Aleph, and this is a teaching that the Rebbe heard from his Mashpia, another one of his Rebbeim, who was the Maharash, Rav Shik from Breslov, one of the Mashpia Breslov, originally from Brooklyn, eventually moved to Yavniel, created a space for Teres HaChasidus. One of the unique things about Rav Shik, other than the fact that he was the Rebbe's first exposure to a Rebbe in Breslov prior to meeting Rav Nissen David Kivak, but that for Rav Shik, as we know, Rav Shik's contrasim, those pamphlets that are handed out in all sorts of places, right? In the in the hellish places on earth, as well as the, the beautiful places on earth. But nobody like Rav Shik had drawn down the light of the Torah of Rebbe Nachman of Breslov to such simple etzos so that everybody in the world can see it. You know, I can only speak for myself, but there were certain points in my life where I was saved by those random contrasim that says, Jew, Yid, don't give up, be happy. You know, that was the Torah of Rabbi Nachman being drawn down even to those darker corners of human experience. So the Pasuk says, Right, so it's the, the reason for the Toichacha, the reason for all of the Klalos is because we have not served HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Simcha and fullness of heart. So the Rebbe tells over in the name of the Maharash, 
that this is the Rebbe's first encounter with the Maharash. And the Maharash said in the name of the Svarim HaKadoshim, So the precondition with which to measure the value, not the value, but the status of one Sadiq versus another, and Amir Kulam Sadiqim, of one Jew versus another, is their capacity to hold on to Simcha perpetually. Right? So we know that from Rabbi Nachman, perpetual joy is not simple joy. Perpetual joy is the unwillingness to ever feel anything but joy, because we know how dangerous it is the moment we allow our minds to enter into those spaces of sadness or despondency, how quickly we can be devoured by Yeyush. And therefore, the call of Rabbi Nachman that a person has to be besimcha tamid was certainly not because it was such an obvious thing, but because the alternative was far too dangerous ensure that you're besimcha tamid because otherwise you'll fall into sadness, God forbid. And that is the mark of a true tzaddik or a higher level tzaddik, someone who's capable of maintaining their level of simcha at every point. Even when they experience failures and falls and difficulties and constricted mind, mind states. And what the Maharash said was that we have a proof from this from the beginning of Sipore Maisios. Now this is going to be Sipore Maisios. This is going to be the 13th tale of Sipore Maisios, the Maisa Meshiva Habatlarim, the tale of the seven beggars. And this is the Hakdama, the Mazgeret to the story where Rabbi Nachman describes the celebration of a community and then the two children who get lost in the woods. So in describing the origin of that celebration, we're told that there was a melech, there was a king who decided that he wanted to give kingship over to his child in his lifetime. A, a remarkable teaching that is very much Makusha to Rosh Hashanah. The idea that the king, even in his lifetime, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the melech Malchei Amlachim, wants to give B'nai Yisrael kingship, even when the king is still alive, to give us that capacity to, to on a certain level, sway HaKadosh Baruch Hu's opinion, so to speak, through our activities because Yisrael asher b'cha es pa'er, that in truth, the, the crowning jewel of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's crown is Kla Yisrael. And in that Misa, what the king says to his son is, Azoi, he says, but I'm going to allow you to be king. But the precondition for your kingship is that you remain perpetually joyous, even when you descend away from kingship. Because he says, I will appoint you king, but the way things go in this world is that even if you're appointed king, you will fall away from your kingship. Each of us have our malchus, each of us have our own space of kingship. And we have to understand that a prerequisite to truly receiving that space of kingship is to recognize that there's going to come a time where I fall away from it. And the king says to his son, as long as you maintain your happiness and your joy in that sight of your descent away from kingship, then I know that you are worthy of becoming king. The Maharash gave a proof to the fact that a tzaddik is judged based on their capacity of perpetual simcha from the beginning of the 13th tale of Sipurim. What the king said to his child, That the essential sign that a person is truly worthy of kingship in their own personal life of is that they strengthen themselves in simcha, even when they have absolutely no reason to be besimcha. Forget about not having a reason to be besimcha, even when all of the opposite reasons are present in a person's life. 
when a person experiences constricted consciousness and the departure of Meichen. Nevertheless, a person strengthens themselves and they force themselves into Simcha. And one of the Tamidim by the Rebbe asked the question, Ah, but we see in Sifrei Slanim, we see in the books of Slanim. And this was exciting for me because here the footnote, what's the Sefer of Slanim? The Sefer Avoidas Penim. Uh, Avoidas Penim from Mahari Luria, who was a Slanim or Chassid, who was living in Tiveria in the, in the golden age of pre-war Tiveria, where Slanim or Chassidim were walking the hills. That Sefer Avoidas Penim, for me, I can claim that it opened up many, many doors into trying to understand the words of the Hasidus and, and the words of the Baal Shem Tov. But in Sifrei Slanim, they say a word that's different. They say, The fact that you find one Tzadik who's higher than another Tzadik is not about Simcha, but it's with regards to the Behirus V'choyzeh Ka'emuna. But it's with regards to the strength and the clarity of their faith. And so we have a stira. One says that it's Simcha, and one says that it's Emuna. But the Rebbe answers that in truth the two are contingent upon each other and the two are the same thing. That the only way that a person can theoretically strengthen themselves even as they descend away from that moment of clarity, even when constriction and darkness cover over that person's mind, the only way to hold on to the unconditional promise of joy is through the emuna that a person has. Like the Pasuk says that it's my emuna that has given me strength in the nighttime. Like the Pasuk says, that David HaMelech had to strengthen himself. He had to fall into emuna, especially when sadness was ever-present, knocking on his door, because that was the only way to ensure the continuity of Simcha. Because that Pasuk that was uttered by David Malcolm Mashiach at the height of his pain was the, his chazkus, the unwillingness to bend ever so slightly away from the promise of emuna. Because on a certain level, and the Rebbe explains this a little bit later on, that's when the reasons for joy fall away, what a person has to be boicher in is the irreducible nikuda of joy, that point of joy or happiness that exists no matter what, which is the nikuda of amuna. That no matter where I am, I am capable of grabbing hold of a Kaddish Baruch Hu and Amuna and a Kaddish Baruch Hu at this point. I don't need anything to have Amuna. Amuna needs no prerequisites. There is no circumstance that I find myself in that I can claim that I am outside of the circle of Amuna because the elasticity of faith, the elastic nature of Amuna is such that it grows with us wherever we are. Wherever I have fallen, Kisha Adam no fail, fail, no matter where they are, they discover that Amuna has fallen there with them, which is the Shrina Hakadoshan. And in that moment, I can find Simcha within myself. I can uncover the irreducible joy of what it means that in the end of the day, at least I have Amuna. And if I have Amuna, and if then I can draw back down the small pieces of insight that will lead me back to Amuna. David Malka Mashiach says in Tehillim that Derech Emuna Bacharti, that I have chosen the path of faith, meaning that Emuna is not something that a person has to have, but rather Emuna is something that a person chooses to access. And when we realize that, we realize that the same is true for Simcha as well. 
And it's kibasimcha teitzayu, when I'm able to uncover that irreducible joy within my life through the sparks of emuna, that's how I can discern the value of the type of tzaddik that I am, the value of the type of tzaddik that I should be connecting to. Without emuna, without simcha, it's not that we're not doing the right thing, it's just we don't have the medicine we need to survive. One of the best lover mashpiyim, I forget exactly who, but in one of the tales of Rinachman, there's laughter taking place. There's a deep laughter. And like we saw by the Saba Kadisha, by Rav, Rav Odesser, right? There was a laughter, a profound, almost redemptive laughter. And what this Mashbia wrote was that to laugh, ha, 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 is, is basically ches, hey, ha, ha, ha. And that ha, that ches, hey, is Roshay Teva's chachmas ha that if you want to understand how to laugh, you want to understand what it means to smile and to be joyous, then you have to understand the Chachma of Amuna as well. And Be'ezra Sashem, I'm not sure if we'll have a, a class before Rosh Hashanah or not, but Be'ezra Sashem, we should be makusha ourselves to the true tzaddikim in the world, to the tzaddik emes, and we should be makusha ourselves to the true resting place of the tzaddik emes, whether it's Yushalayim or whether it's Uman, or Uman Shab Yushalayim, Yushalayim Shab Uman, on whatever level it is, and we should be zaycha to the iris of the tzaddikim and to be nimlach and to be nichtav b'safran shel tzaddikim ha'amitim be'ezra Sashem.